Not so long ago, people ascribed almost all catastrophes to a divine cause. They'd pick something they saw as a weakness, and then they'd blame it for the suffering that their societies endured. They used disasters to essentially reinforce what they already believed before the disaster struck. We can do this in this day and age. Corona can be Mother Earth punishing us for greenhouse gas emissions. As a result of the coronavirus, emissions in China are down 25%. They're probably down even more in Italy and Iran. We could look at it that way. Or we could go back to the old religious approach and say that corona is God punishing us. One far-right rabbi in Israel said that it's corona is God punishing us for gay pride parades. Of course, Iran doesn't have gay pride parades, so he had to modify a bit and say that Iran was especially being punished because they hate Israel so much. We can say that corona is the moral consequence of overpopulation. We can do all sorts of mental gymnastics to deliver a punishment for humankind for something that we see as inherently flawed in our moral behavior. Of course, these sorts of claims tend to fail a double-blind study, or even not a double-blind study, just a cause-and-effect analysis. Will the Arab world be spared because they hang gay people and have slackened in their hatred of Israel? Will Nigeria or India be spared because they have low per capita CO2 emissions? Or do countries with few children, like Italy, deserve to suffer the fruit of Chinese population density? It doesn't take much to disconnect the cause of catastrophe from any sort of global moral message. So even though I titled this episode God and Corona, I don't think that Corona is a message for us. But I am a religious person. And so I do see the hand of God. But I tend to flip these analyses on their head. See, I don't see coronavirus being sent as a punishment, but I am perfectly happy to see it as a test. With corona, our societies will be tested. How we respond will be tested. Our weaknesses and our flaws will be exposed, and our ability to maintain our humanity will be challenged. Some individuals and some societies will crack and break, but others will emerge stronger than they were before. This is not the kind of exam that reveals a truth about those who face it. This is the kind of exam that creates a truth about those who survive it. Like most of you, I still can't say how bad corona actually is. It lands a large amount of people in the hospital. But are we better served by locking global society down for two weeks in order to basically eliminate it, and probably quite a few flus as well? Or are we better served by maintaining our economies and keeping things humming as best as we can? The fact is, I don't know. One person I talked to at a party suggested that all old and sick people should be quarantined while the virus runs through the rest of society. Is this a good idea, particularly if we support those who can't go out? Perhaps. It's certainly a clever one. But the fact is we are dealing with a lack of information. I live in Israel where the government has responded early and quite severely. I suspect this is because Israeli spy networks in Iran have reported detailed information about what is happening in that country and that our leaders have taken recommendations in line with that. But I don't know that. So I don't want to talk about cures or quarantines or measures that people might take to stop the virus today. I don't have anything to add. My family bought our food reserve over a month ago. Can't hurt you to do the same, and that's the end of my advice. The fact is there could be an earthquake. You should have a reserve anyway. 
you might pretend to know what is happening, but chances are pretty high, no matter who you are, that your picture is, at best, a limited one. So I don't want to talk about what to do. Instead, I want to talk about the test itself. As we see the virus unfold, we are already seeing results of this test. We've seen the Chinese government welding people into their homes, possibly condemning them to death by hunger. We've seen the Iranian government ignore the problem, either through religious blindness or simple fatalism. And we've seen mass suppression of data in both countries, where the leadership recognizes that controlling the story is perhaps more important than controlling the disease. This is why Chinese people are now being taught how to properly thank Chairman Xi for his leadership. If the story that they present is accurate, then his leadership has been effective in halting the disease. But of course, that has come at a tremendous cost. So is the Chinese approach worth it? Maybe or maybe not. We can watch their test from afar, but we can't take it. We can't challenge those governments or change their direction. We can't fix the political and cultural problems that actually gave birth to this disease. That is a test for the Chinese people themselves. So while their choices affect us, we have little say in them. Instead, we face a test of our own. And what we can do is assess ourselves and build on our own strengths while minimizing our own flaws. I'll give you an example. Recent information from China suggested that drugs for rheumatoid arthritis worked to treat on the virus. People on death's door got up and walked away a few days later. China is willing to experiment on people. The theory was that the primary danger wasn't the virus, but the body's immune response to the virus. The threat isn't the virus, but our response to it. I'll bet you haven't heard that anywhere. Nonetheless, by suppressing the immune response of the body to the virus, the threat was lifted. This could be one reason why children are safe. Their immune response is relatively weaker than their organs. In the elderly, their immune response is relatively stronger than their organs. And the same goes for smokers. Okay, so this is a data point. It might be accurate, it might be not. So, a U.S. company makes a leading drug for rheumatoid arthritis. And this is fundamentally an autoimmune problem, just like, perhaps, this virus. They've decided to start testing it. They laid out the emergency timeline. Two weeks to start the test, and then a few months to gather the data, and then perhaps they can use the drug. Think about those timelines. This drug company takes it to, plans to take a few months to do their testing, and in a few months, the whole situation can be over. So why don't they use the Chinese data? Well, that data wasn't controlled, it wasn't double-blind, it isn't statistically valid. And in addition, being that it's from China, it's highly suspect. All of these complaints are true. But we don't have a few months if the virus is as bad as those who worried about it are saying. On the other hand, Clinicians on the front line already in Italy and other places have a good idea of what a normal progression of this disease looks like. They can assess those at a very high likelihood of dying or assess those who are simply very ill, and they can see recoveries that are abnormally successful. They can recognize them. They don't need a double-blind study to assess whether a drug is working in an emergent situation like this. This rheumatoid arthritis drug is already on the market. It is already reasonably safe for generally healthy older people. So forget the traditional study. Provide the drug, no double-blind, to the sickest patients. Compare the recovery to data prior to the drug, even anecdotally. Assess how it looks in the space of a week or two. 
If the recoveries are due to a placebo effect, who cares? Bottom line, if it looks like it's effective, no matter what the reason, then open up economies, open up borders, and start cranking the drug out. Possibly, the emergency could be over. But we aren't exploring this path, because the U.S. is so stuck in its regulatory and administrative navel-gazing that this isn't what they're doing. Instead, what we've seen is a dysfunctional political class, a cry for the federal government to save us all, a public health mechanism that can't seem to respond to a generalized disaster, a CDC that can analyze data, but they can't roll out a test, mob panic on the individual level, and what looks to me like reasonable action by community organizations and cities. I think what we've seen identifies the real strength in the United States, not the federal government, not our major structural systems, not our social media. Instead, I see real strength in local, social, and governmental organizations. So maybe the U.S. will emerge stronger after the test. Maybe the U.S. will turn away from the world of great federal power and social mob action. Maybe they'll turn back to neighborhoods. Or maybe not. We can't know. But we can decide. That is the nature of this kind of test. This is a test for us as individuals. Can we extend kindness can we help those in need? Or do we either ignore those needs or insist that they're somebody else's problem? Do we push away responsibility, hoping for a massive and fundamentally inevitably coarse government response to deal with what's needed? If we're the ones suffering, can we ask for help? And can we exercise humility in the face of the unknown? This is a test for us as individuals. It's also a test for us as communities. How do we organize in reaction to this thing? How do we step up? How do we manage to grow closer, even as we physically distance ourselves from one another? Do we seek out and discover those in need? And it is a test for us as nations. When the power of government is brought to bear, does it reinforce our humanity or toss it aside in a blunt exercise of power and in an attempt to protect the status quo? Do we simply use this as fodder to attack the people we disagree with? Or are we more considered in our assessments? The fact is, all of these tests I just mentioned, we face all of these tests every day. It doesn't matter if the virus is minor or overwhelming. Can we exercise kindness? Can we reach out to those in need? Can we organize? Can we bring ourselves closer? Can we criticize our leaders in an intelligent way? These tests exist every day. They're just brought into a sharper focus in the face of an emergency. So how do we assess the results of this test? I actually care less about the decisions made. I care less about the outcomes of the decisions than I care about learning from the process behind those decisions. We're acting in a fog. Outcomes are unclear. Mistakes will be made, and even the best and smartest of us will make those mistakes. But the way in which we make our decisions will reveal and establish a great deal about us as individuals, communities, and nations. And so that's where we must focus. Of course, even as we seek to learn from this test, we shouldn't forget that this is just an emergency. Some argue it shouldn't be an emergency, but the reality is that even if coronavirus is a total fabrication, we are living in an emergency just an emergency of our own creation. In an emergency, the normal is suspended and the extreme can be justified. But this should not become the norm. Egypt, 
established a state of emergency in 1967. It lasted with a break of 18 months until 2011, and the society was horribly damaged by it. An emergency, a real emergency, is a chance for society shackled by procedure to actually think about why they do what they do. An emergency is a chance for society that has few rules to understand the value of rules. An emergency is a chance for society governed by evil men to see the true nature of those leaders and perhaps break free of them. An emergency is a chance to experience unity in the face of a shared threat. And an emergency is a chance to learn. But when we return to the norm in a month or three or six, we will be different than we are now. And then we will face another test. Then we will be challenged to integrate the lessons we've learned and we will be challenged to set aside that which has no place in a free society. I hope to continue broadcasting, sharing my podcast with you, perhaps as you're in home isolation, as we go through this emergency. If you have ideas about how we can establish a better reality through this test, then share them. I would love to share your thoughts and your ideas with the audience for this podcast. And hopefully, if they're good ideas, if they're ideas that help make us stronger, I would love to share them with the world. Have a great week, and thank you for listening.